This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Happy holidays, all you elegant listeners and viewers out there, and welcome to Go, my favorite sports team, your favorite sports podcast that is video exclusive on Spotify, and with the most elegant of hosts, me, your master of balls and holes, Tyler Scheid, and my illustrious, beautiful man, Markiplier. Your... Oh, not mine, not mine, my co-host, I meant my co-host. Uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah. And I say Merry Christmas. You know, we really need to keep Christ Christmas. <laughs> None of this happy holidays. You're right, you're right. Hanukkah's over. Um, I don't know when Kwanzaa is. Uh, so I actually have a funny story kind of relating to that. Um, so I was in an Uber, um, heading back from my Airbnb in Dallas to the airport. Uh, it was early morning and I was picked up by a guy and I never really read the descriptions. I didn't know that Uber had profiles for everyone and they're like little things, um, to say on there. Uh, and in all caps, it was like, there will be no eating inside my Uber. And I was like, that's fine. Okay. And then below that was like, I, I am a proud evangelical Christian. And it's like, that's fine. It's whatever. Interesting to put in the Uber bio. All that aside, it was a lovely ride. He was very polite. There's nothing wrong there. Uh, he listened to Christian rock the whole way there, like okay. cranked. It's four in the morning, right? It's four in the morning and he is just blasting Christian music as loud as he can, which again, fine. I've always been of the mind that I'm just sitting in their car. This is how I've always been with mm -hmm. Ubers and anything like this. You can play whatever you want. You keep the temperature however you like it. It's your car. I'm just in it. And he was fine. It was, it was totally fine. You know, I was, I was jamming out four in the morning, head to the airport. Uh, but when he got there, he said to me after I left, he said, happy holidays. And I found that interesting. So mm. I said back to him, 
Merry Christmas, because mm-hmm. from the context clues, I gathered he celebrated Christmas, and he went, <laughs> he literally just, <laughs> Merry Christmas, as if it was like the most beautiful surprise. I don't know what looks to me like, you know, that I, that I, I mean, people can say whatever they want, and like, this is not really anything about this, but I just thought it was very interesting, just his reaction to me saying that, as if, as if it wouldn't have been obvious, given he was listening to Christian music, and on his profile said, evangelical Christian, and I'm like, all right, cool. Merry Christmas. But he really was like floored. I don't know if he was still just waking up, but I just found it interesting. You made his day. You made his day. That that reminds me. What? What? You're gone. I've done it. I've taken control of this podcast. Tyler has been removed. I am now the master of balls and holes. And you will listen to my ranting. Uh, is, is your camera out of batteries? Aha! Hold on. It'll work here in a sec. You know, I was just so flabbergasted by the Merry Christmas, too, that yeah, everything broke. Yeah, it shook your uh, shook your camera to the core. I understand. Your story reminds me of my most interesting Uber ride that took place uh, on Halloween. Mm. So I ordered this Uber because I had a flight at like 5 o'clock in the morning. This car rounds the corner, right? And you you know I hate clowns. I absolutely despise clowns. Okay, sure, interesting. All right, so as it's driving towards me, I see a light lit up Pennywise in the passenger seat of this car. I can't see the driver. I can't see anything else. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, if Pennywise is driving this Uber, I am canceling my Uber and ordering a new one. I don't care if I'm late for my flight because I'm freaking out because like I haven't slept at this point. I've been up for like 16 hours, 16 hours, probably longer Whoa, than that. man. You were up for a full day. You must have only gotten eight hours of sleep. No, it was longer than that. 20 hours. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, then. And I hadn't slept all all week anyway, because I was busy with other stuff. And so I just get into this car, just like eerily creeped out. And uh, as I sit in, then there's a um, Jason mask that's lit up staring at me from the backseat. And I'm like, "Uh big Halloween fan, aren't you? And so I had this whole conversation with this guy and had to tell him about I like I've never been more freaked out thinking that the inflatable dummy in front of me is just going to turn its head and want to murder me. Mm hmm. Did it? No. Are you sure? Yeah. But the dude did reach over and move him uh, multiple times before, and it kind of made me jump a little bit. <laughs> you, you don't understand me and like... It's me in the ocean. I get it. I understand. Well, the ocean isn't going to stab you. The things in the ocean might. That That's fair. That's fair. But anyway, Mark, how have you been? I have been good. Uh, I have been catching up with stuff. I, I wrestled with my VR setup. That was a pain in the ass. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I've been good, just uh, flying around all over the place. Generally speaking, oh, uh, getting into lenses. No one will go. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that. You have you have holiday plans? Holiday plans? God, I don't even know. I I haven't really had time to to go back home, but I will. I'm going to go back home. That's something that I'm I'm definitely going to do. In fact, right now I'm actually uh, on Delta's like uh, customer service chat bot right now mm-hmm. trying to trying to plug in my my sky miles number so i can get my damn miles from the last one but i'm gonna eventually book uh and i'm i'm doing it super late because i just been so busy this year yeah, but everybody knows that and so there's nothing really to say about that how are you I- i've been good i had eye surgery last week so my eyes are still adjusting looking at the screen is interesting seeing you in hd what were you seeing me in before I know it's the same as before, but my eyes see it better now. Oh wow! 
Yeah, I sometimes forget that I wake up and I have perfect vision. That's always something that's just like, I always like have to have to remember like, oh man, I used to have to put in contacts every single day or put on glasses or something like that. Now I just don't have to anymore. You know, when your light turns off, you look very um, uh, Darth Vader-esque because you have like the light with the like blue on the left and then the red on the right. You're like Anakin Skywalker. Thank you. I've always thought that. Uh, well, anyway, you shouldn't be too comfortable because people are pissed. Oh, what are they pissed about this time? People are mad. Yeah. People are upset. People are are really, really pissed at you specifically because how could you overlook this crucial detail? Excuse me, Mr. Plyer. Wait a minute. Hold on. They're so mad at me, huh? Sad Employ said, 3978 said, Tyler Brady, holy hell, I can't believe you missed this on Balsant on top of Neil the Pawn. Martin from chess.com? Is that what that's censoring? Would be so displeased. Neil is so upset that he's going to do his best bishop impersonation, go on vacation, and never come back! How dare you? The only solution? Call the exorcist and brick their PP. So are they're mad because they're saying that that's a ball at the top of the pond? Is that yeah, is, yeah? So yeah. if people aren't watching on Spotify, uh, which if you didn't know, there's a video. Uh, I have a picture of a pond, and the round bulbous tip is circled in red, uh, and clearly that's a ball, and you miss that. Um, I'm pretty sure balls stand alone; they're not attached to to anything in particular uh, when it comes to sports. So I wouldn't necessarily call that a a ball it has a spherical-esque shape at the top but it is still attached to other parts um that would make it no longer a ball uh-huh are you willing to go out on a li are you willing to bet it all on that being your final answer yes okay all right well i mean i have no skin in the game i'm not the master of balls it holds whose reputation is at stake so don't ask me that's just what you say next up in your list of crimes that you've horribly committed, yep. uh, apparently, Wirsa was really upset about the chest primer. Like, really upset? Oh, super upset. So, how bleeping dare you call it a primer? I just finished the newest primer, Chess, and re-listened because I couldn't believe it. That's double views right there. Yeah. How dare you spend less than half of the primer episode on the actual sport? Making anime, Yu-Gi-Oh! quips while unseriously playing chess at the end does not count. You do not care. It's a sport, as said in the episode. You did not explain the rules. You did not explain how to win. You described the board and how the pieces move, which... Uh, the rules. Uh, would you be satisfied if I called water polo a game where players hit a ball inside a rectangular pool and called that the water polo primer? I think not! This entire thing was an absolute embarrassment. The first hockey primer was better. How dare you call that a primer? And he retorted, it goes on. Uh, I mean, they did have one point in the fact that I didn't mention that knights can't be blocked, um, which is true. Um, and then I didn't particularly mention how you win the game, which is checkmate, which is where you have the king in threat where it can no longer move anywhere to get out of that threat and can be taken. Whereas check is you you force the king to either move or some other piece to get in the way of it. I will admit that those two particular parts were omitted. So, uh, but I figured, you know, after watching us play the game, people could infer that that you know because you learn more about a lot of people are visual learners and we added that element to it but you know i'm sorry for making that assumption you are correct i did oh, miss wow. on a couple of details but uh wow. i i still will stand by the fact that i don't consider it 
to be a sport. Uh, I think it is a slippery slope when you consider chess a sport, but you know, to each their own, the Olympic committee is, has made their decision, but they also have said it will never be in the Olympics. So take that as you will. Ooh, tough words there. So it's kind of like playing both sides. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, you messed up the basic rules. Pawns can promote to any other piece except another king. I feel like some of this is self-explanatory. Yeah, it's literally, why would you ever <laughs> promote the pawn to anything but a queen? The queen is the best piece in all of chess. Yeah, but there might be a specific strategy where the pawn is in a position that a knight could only move yeah to like do a check yeah but you know knights not being blocked everyone knows knights can jump over the front of the back line to the front right everyone knows that if they don't know that they're dumb but here's the thing the whole purpose of the the podcast is to teach the not knowers and people that have never heard of chess you know Uh, probably would have missed that so is there any single person listening or watching this video or a podcast that haven't known chess. I do this all the time because someone someone out there has to be like, I haven't. What's that word you said? I've never heard was chess. It's like, yeah, right. Okay, sure. Uh, Total lack of content about modern chess developments is downright shameful. Chess 960 being the most egregious oversight. It's the same game, but there is no importance on boring book theory for oh, the opening game. What? Frick is that? Yeah, we we didn't go into theory because uh, we are we are not going to go down the giant rabbit hole of this is how you do an opening, this is how you do this, this is the stratagem because there are millions of different strategies and plays and situations you can get in where you do different things in chess. So there is absolutely no point or reason to do that. Those are for the people that really want to focus on chess. You can go do that on your own. That's not what we're about. Uh-huh. That's fair. Uh, there's something about the opening middle. Yeah, that's I was addressing that already, I think. Yeah, Roy Lopez is talked about here. That was the opening sequence that we briefly mentioned because it was like, this is a very common opening. Right. Anyway, how dare you? Whatever you did. I'm so hurt. I'm sorry. The hockey primer was better. The hockey primer was great. The hockey primer was great. I love the hockey primer. I don't care what any, you know, hockey, hockey fans, they're so brain damaged from all the full contact that they, they, they can't even comprehend how good the episode was. You know what? I'm not scared of getting in a fight with a hockey player outside of a hockey rink because, you know, they don't have teeth, so they can't bite me. So when I tell them to bite me for putting a bad primer out there, they can't even do it. You know what's funny is like right now it's the chess fans that are mad at you and we just turn right around. Oh yeah, chess fans, take that hockey fans, (laughs) take that. (laughs) You idiots, that's what you get for not liking the chess episode, hockey fans. You sit down if you can. Go back on your frozen ice lakes wherever they are. Yeah. Go get a hat trick, whatever it is. We didn't teach you. Ah! All right, anyway. That's all. Awesome, awesome. Ghosts away! Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, Mark, this great Christmas. You don't know that. It could be a great Christmas. But this first actual episode before Christmas, like Christmas-themed episode of Go My Favorite Sports Team, because we took it off last year. I would like to have us do a a storytelling. You know, you brought up this this, uh, particular instance in history of where sport happened on a beautiful, faithful Christmas day when a ceasefire happened during World War. I wanted to go ahead and give this to you as the epic storyteller that you are. And as the fact that you brought it up before, for you to share with us this beautiful Christmas story. All right, everyone sit down, shut up. I'm in charge. You don't say a peep. You look into my eyes and understand that I'm the alpha. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. You give me a tiny bit of power. It just goes right to my head. (laughs) Get your hot chocolate. Get your guns. Get your bullets. uh, Get your artillery prepped. It's time for war, baby. You're going to the front lines. You're going to the front lines. You're going to the front lines. Tyler, you're going to the front lines. And you're a baby. Uh, over there, over there, get your baby ass right over there, bring your diapers and your tiny gun, and then go over there and shoot someone. Okay, anyway, so baby Tyler. Yeah? Yeah? It's your first Christmas. Guess guess what you get to do? War? Shoot people! Uh, yay! <laughs> to get into war, remember, this is World War One, so you're gonna need your shovel. Do you have that? Um, somewhere. Standard military issue shovel is 19.5 inches in length, made out of wood, on the handle, and then iron for the spade. It's standard issue in every soldier's kit. I think that's longer than I am. That's too bad didn't stop baby Mark from going down the cowabunga snow slides, whatever they are, for the Skeletons. Speaking of skeletons, got a lot around you, but you can uh, use that to build fortifications. B- bones? Yeah, bones are about as strong as cement by weight. Ah, uh, so building shelter for with bones. Yeah, and you're gonna need to build it fast because the artillery is rolling up on the uh, eastern front or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Okay. So next in your kit, you got to make sure you gotta have your gas mask. Oh, is that for my poopies? No. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, scientists were experimenting with a whole bunch of different fun little drinkies, uh, but you shouldn't drink them. Uh, But you might if you don't have your gas mask. Uh, Uh, So you're going to need to remember that if there is a certain alarm, I don't remember what it sounds like, but you're going to know when you hear it because other people that do know what it sounds like are going to start going, "Ah, when you see everyone doing that, if you haven't put your mask on before them, it's too late. So you got to make sure that you're ready at a moment's notice. Just drill it. Get that gas mask on and off. Just do that a whole bunch because that- Can I just wear it the whole time? No, no. God, no. God, no. No, you don't want that. Why? It's it's horrendously restrictive. The eye holes are about this big. They're coated in some horrible dust because you've been dragging them through the mud. They're not clean. You won't be able to breathe very well, and uh, it'll just be generally unpleasant. Oh. You could if you wanted to, but you'll probably go through your filter too quickly, and then when you actually need it, you don't uh, have it. Okay. Oh yeah, so just get used to practicing it, but don't breathe too deeply into it because uh, you don't want you you don't want to draw too many just like general. There's so much smoke in the air. It'll yeah, that's good. That's good. Ugh. Yeah, and take it off. You want to be ready. You want to be ready. 
it's just a drill. Anyway, uh, I don't really know who these other people are on the other side of the field, but uh, we're supposed to kill them, okay? Or you're supposed to kill them. All right, so when you hear the whistle, you go over the top, and you run across the field, scream at the top of your baby lungs, and just start shooting, waving your bayonet, and uh, if you make it to the other side, cool. Is it just a straight field? I ju it, it's just like running across no, the field? No, no, it's, it's a pockmarked hellscape. With like broken down early tanks, which are big things of metal. You could probably eye bind it. That that'd be good cover. Um, but honestly, it's barbed wire everywhere. There's puddles that's a mixture of mud, water, and blood. And we call it mud. We don't call it that. I tried it, it didn't work. Let's not call it that. Did I get all my shots for like hepatitis and all the bloodborne diseases and stuff? What's that? Oh. All right. Anyway, so uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be soaking wet. You're gonna be prepped and ready. And your food it's it's lovely. It's in a new uh, invention. We call it the can. Food in a can. In a can. That sounds neat. Yeah, the fun part will be trying to open it. Can I just use the bones and stab it? You can use whatever you want because we didn't provide you a tool. Can human teeth open a can? Just like a can opener? Well, probably human teeth could, but baby. Baby teeth don't really exist. Well, I'm using the skulls of the bones that built my shelter. I'm going to make a can opener out of their teeth. Yeah, if you find an adult, if you, yeah, if you can. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming that if you see the transparent blueprint appear when you got the bones in your hand, you can just press E and craft it. Oh, nice. So I don't want to scare you about all this. There's probably going to be nothing that's happening. It's just generally boring, right? So there's they have us waiting here, but it's kind of a stalemate situation where, oh, they don't want to go over the top to us. We don't want to go over the top to them. So every once in a while, I'll just kind of put your gun over the top and go boom, boom, boom. Trying to spend too many shells. Staff Sergeant Mark, if it's wet, isn't my diaper just going to get heavy and soak up all the liquid? Poop outside it. Oh. Kind of. Take your diaper off, rub it around in the bloody water, then whoop, put it back up. That doesn't sound sanitary. What does that mean? Clean. What? Not filled with bacteria or disease. What? Goo goo gaga. Oh, chess. Yeah, we got chess boards. That's, oh. that's pretty much the only fun you'll have. You know, if, if you did you remember to like make a drawing of your loved ones? Yeah, I've got my crayon scribbles. Okay, cherish that. This is probably the last you're going to see of them. Oh. Anyway, uh, it's just, uh, oh, what's that? <laughs> is that? Is that mustard gas? No, it's snow. What? It's snowing. That sounds awful. I'm already wet and cold. No, no, it's snowing. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh man, this is wonderful. Wait a minute. What day is it? Uh, it's December. It's December? It couldn't be. I think it's a Thursday. A Thursday? Is it the fourth Thursday of December? I think that's how Thanksgiving works. Then it's the same as Christmas. It's Christmas Day. Yippee! Wahoo! You don't seem very excited about Christmas, kid. Oh, you were just born. You don't even know about Christmas. Ah, I understand. Yeah. I don't understand Christmas. I'm not even one. Well, that's okay. Christmas is a wonderful time. And if you ever live to see another one, you're going to really like it. But on a very special day, in Christmas Eve, on today, which is today, but I'm going to talk in the fourth person, which is like kind of looking back in time at my own person. Interestingly enough, though, Christmas Eve was a Thursday that year. Was it the fourth Thursday? Um, I don't know. I mean, it would make sense. <laughs> Well, anyway, I think 
bang! Oh, 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 he's dead. Uh, and then he died in front of your arms. Anyway, so Tyler, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You're not in the trenches. What? I, I need to get back in them. No, no, no. You're not. It's it's not 1914. It's not the fourth Thursday of 1914, December. Oh. No, you were just having a weird nightmare. You were rubbing your diaper all over the ground. It was very strange. Anyway, now that you're awake, I'm going to tell you about a very special time. Mm-hmm. When people laid down their differences in the midst of a horrendous war. You see, on Christmas Eve in 1914, it was just like every other day in war. Terrible conditions, cold, bitter. It was awful. The soldiers were miserable, and they were expecting attack from the Germans at any moment. But they saw something. On the German side, they looked, they peered, they squinted. They were like, hey, what's that, Gov? I don't know what that is. Is that a lot? Is that an attack? The British thought it was a signal. But as they started to ready themselves, preparing for battle, loading up their guns, getting their bullets ready, stacking their bones, chucking that weird baby that was for some reason in the trenches, they checked it over the back, as seeming as a distraction to see if they would shoot. But they didn't. There was a song that drifted over no man's land. I'm going to sing it for you now. <laughs> In German? That's, all, that's the only way to sing it. Anyway, even the British knew what that song was. It was Silent Night. Oh, Holy Night. Then the soldiers were shouting Merry Christmas back and forth in their own language, the British. Are you Merry Christmas? And then the Germans. How do you say Merry Christmas in German? Ah, uh, the old Tannenbaum, uh, old Tannenbaum, uh, oh, Feliz Navidad, but German. Uh, anyway, they said that. And then the babies yelled it. Bang! Ah! That was them shooting, not being shot. I want to be very clear. Oh. It's a cold, foggy Christmas morning on the next... They went to sleep. No fighting would happen that night. They woke up on Christmas morning. Birds were chirping. Sun was rising in the whatever area that it rose in, wherever they were. And they peeked out of the trenches. It's Christmas Day. There was a little hope in their hearts. And no bullets came. No one died. Wow. They peeked further. The other soldiers were peeking their heads up. Some even walking around in no man's land. Everyone was suspicious at first, but they weren't having... They weren't carrying their weapons. Were no guns. People started coming out into no man's land, playing around in the snow. They came over to each other's sides, and they started shaking hands. And those that spoke German started speaking with the Germans, and those Germans that spoke English started speaking with the English. And eventually, they started talking to each other. They shook hands. They shared food. They celebrated Christmas together. They played sports. Probably chess, but mostly they were playing soccer. Because even back then, all you need to play soccer is a ball and ground. But I mean, far be it from us to not talk about soccer without talking about the strategies of the openings and the attacking and all the different and whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the lineup, the four four three seven 
27 set hut. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe it. Anyway, so they assigned their sergeants from each team to be the quarterback, uh, and they hiked that ball super hard. So this is a true story that occurred in World War One. People who were enemies who had been locked in battle just days before were now playing soccer and enjoying Christmas together. Lieutenant Johannes Niemann of Germany's 133rd Saxons Infantry Regiment recalled the soccer match he played. Quote, later this, a Scottish soldier appeared with a football which seemed to come from nowhere. And a few minutes later, a real football match got underway. The Scots marked their goal with their strange caps and we did the same with ours. It was far from easy to play on the frozen ground, but we continued, keeping rigorously to the rules, despite the fact it only lasted an hour and we had no referee. A great many passes went wide, but all the amateur footballers, although they must have been very tired, played with huge enthusiasm. Those that weren't playing or watching the game spent some time chatting with each other, commiserating about how awful trench life was, how much they missed home, and even asking each other to send letters to loved ones in their respective countries. As it was nearly impossible to send posts to an enemy country at the time. Oh, I didn't even know that. that that's it's really heartwarming because, yeah, there probably were some British soldiers who had family in Germany and, and some German soldiers who had family in everywhere else in the world. Yep. So... That was Christmas in World War I. The ceasefire only lasted a couple of days, and fighting soon began again on Boxing Day, which to this day, I still don't know what that is. The war continued until November of 1918. Four years past this event, the fighting would continue. But there were many recollections from soldiers who said they would never forget the Christmas truce of 1914. One soldier, Captain Charles Buffalo Bill Stockwell of the 2nd Royal Welsh Infantry, recounted the ending of the truce. Quote, I fired three shots into the air and put up a flag with Merry Christmas on it on the parapet. He put up a sheet with thank you on it, and the German captain appeared on the parapet. We both bowed and saluted and got down into our respective trenches. And he fired two shots into the air, and the war was on again. That's very sad. Yeah, the fact that war had to start again, or it seemingly was forced to have to happen. And I know that it would it would be like a very heartwarming thing to say that after this, you know, they they refused to fight and you know went back home. And I'm sure some of them did. They're like there must have been a large contingency on both sides of being like, I can't fight this war. But the truth is, many did, and many did because they're soldiers, and a good soldier follows orders. Apparently, yeah, there were there were a lot of um, when I was looking into this, there were a lot of soldiers that resisted the start and it took a while before things started kicking up. A few would do it. And then um, just because, you know, you got a face to the person on the other side, you got to know them and their struggles. And, you know, you literally bonded over a game of soccer or bonded over a conversation and makes it a lot harder to fight people when you know who they are. Yeah, and that's probably part of the reason why, you know, soccer itself is so popular worldwide because you don't necessarily need to be able to speak the language that your people you're playing with. Um, and that's sports in general. You know, when you have like chess, say, for example, you you know the rules because you listen to our primer and you got everything you needed to know and nothing you didn't. Uh, and you can get started in your grandmaster career climbing ladder, uh, knowing full well that we were the start of that. And you're welcome. And we will take a modest 10 percent of your winnings going into the future. That's the contractual obligation that everyone who listens to our podcast owes to. It's our retirement guarantee for us. So go out there and succeed. We are counting on it. Well, Mark, thank you for that wonderful telling of that story. Thank you. On thank Faithful you. Christmas Day. I thought it was fitting that you would tell it since you had brought it up previously. But I do want to add a different Christmas somewhat related sport question mark. 
All right. That is really fascinating. It's this Swedish goat. Jävelbaken. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Jävel. Jävle, Sweden. Uh, so there's this giant Yule goat made every year out of straw. Um, and it's erected by local community groups at the beginning of Advent period over a period of two days. It's a giant goat. Interestingly enough, the town has made it their mission to prank with relation to this goat, whether they burn it down, destroy it, remove it, various stuff like that. <laughs> Funnily enough, 38 out of 57 goats have been destroyed or damaged in some way um, oh. as of December of last year. So only uh, 19 goats have survived any damage. And it's there's this massive defense. There was one year where it just completely vanished and nobody knew where it went. Okay. Like it just disappeared overnight. And so it's become a tradition for the people of this town or people outside of this town to somehow come in and either burn it down, destroy it, vandalize it, whatever. Almost like it's trying to find a way around Instead of an escape room, it's a enter and room, like destroy room. Which is a break in room is a great idea. I don't know if anyone's done it, but that it's like the same principle as an escape room, but you're trying to break in somewhere. I I, I wish that existed. Yeah, like a heist uh, heist game where you go in and you need to get out as well. But it's really funny because every year this giant goat. I need to here. I'll share the, share my screen so you can see this every year that's that's erected and it's been burned down and they've done crazy things to protect it they've sprayed it with water so it's frozen so it won't light on fire easily they've used uh fire ret uh retardant materials so it doesn't light on fire they've had security guards 24 7 they fence it in they cage it like and somehow still ev almost every year it gets damaged or destroyed or removed or something and it's just fascinating because it's this giant almost tradition for the town to try and destroy this while it's a tradition for other people to erect it and protect it yeah well that's what they get for building a goat that looks oh so flammable and i look at that and i'm like that shit would burn really good and since you don't know what boxing day is boxing day is the day after christmas in which people would box up all of their old stuff and give it out to less fortunate people as hand-me-downs Oh, that's nice. So it's like gifting them uh, to the less fortunate. Well, ain't that sweet of them. And it doesn't have to be hand-me-downs. It can be other stuff like just general gifts. So that's what Boxing Day was about traditionally. All right. Well, there you have it, everybody. That's the entire history of sports during Christmas. There are no more. We covered it all. Yep. You can't come after us, but you actually can. What? This holiday season wouldn't be complete without a gift for all of you elegant listeners and viewers. And well, it is a sports podcast, so also a bit of friendly competition. If you could so kindly grab your pitchforks, rush to the GMFST subreddit, and compose a Jacuse masterpiece of your own making. With ever-elegant criticisms from any previous episode of Go, you can choose it. Past, recent, or way at the beginning of when we started the podcast. And in a future episode, Mark and I will be judging your jacuzzes and crowning a winner. You only have a few days to submit your eloquent accusations of our wrongdoings and mistakes. So hop to it. Hop, hop to it. I don't know what he's talking about, everybody. He did not run this by me. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I have no recollection of this. Oh, but uh, wrap it up nicely. It is the holiday season after all. Oh, okay. Good. Was that a note for you that you read that you meant to just like uh, asterisk, wrap it up nicely? And then the line you were supposed to read? No.
Oh, okay. I thought that was maybe just like you snuck that in there. Okay, all right. That's fair. It's it's for them. They need to wrap up their GQs nicely. So we're having a GQs contest. Um, we'll probably address that episode in the new year. Oh, I didn't understand what you were yeah. asking them. Oh, it's a contest. Oh, you really got to spell it out for people because I, I I did not even get that. It's a contest where you will GQs us from any episode and we will pick our favorite GQs and you will be crowned as a winner. There will I be see. a prize. Okay. Um, it'll probably be merch or something along those lines, but we'll figure out what that is as we go forward. Maybe we'll have you on an episode for you to re, uh, read your GQs in person. Who knows? Maybe. I hope you all have a great holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. If you want to buy our merch, store.gmfst.com. Uh, if you want to write those GQs, make sure you go to our subreddit, which, Mark, what is that URL? You're so great at reading it off. It is reddit.com slash r slash gmfst. There you go. And uh, if you want to enjoy other content, please watch through all of our previous episodes, listen to our previous episodes, or check us out both on YouTube. Um, I'm Apocalypto underscore 12. Mark is Markiplier. That's me, baby. And we will see you in the next episode, I guess. I I guess, yeah, if you love us. Uh, Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, something bad could happen. You never know. What? Bye.